This is Continua. We're guided by music and grounded in science. Journey with us as we explore the intersection of music and health. We're diving into discussions with professionals and creatives. We're sharing information and giving you conversations to motivate you along your health journey. I'm Chloe Livray. I'm Aliyah Abdullah. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to The, the Continua, Continua Podcast. There was one time I said pod, like podcast first, like something, <laughs> and you're like, podcast? <laughs> podcast, everybody. I call people out. I call people out because people call me out. This is what Everett and I do on a regular basis. This is true. <laughs> this is definitely true. Um, this song is dope. Yeah, it is. So it's by Kelly Uchis. It's Your Teeth in My Neck. Okay. Yeah. Wait, very who's spunky. it by? Kelly Uchis. Kelly Uchis. Okay. I've never heard of her. Well, now you know. Yeah. No, I like this. This is nice, dope. swanky, fun. I love this. So we have our song of the day, like we said. Check it out. It's really swanky, really cool, funky. And then we have our sip of the day. First of all, hello all. Oh yeah, hi everybody. I forgot. <laughs> My bad. Aliyah just likes to jump in. <laughs> right into the deep end. Right in. So sip um, of the day, Chloe. What do you have? I actually am just drinking water today. But I do want to highlight what I'm drinking out of. So this bottle is called a Lark. And it has this technology that basically ionizes and purifies the water right straight out of the bottle. So all you have to do is fill it up. You press the button at the top and it purifies your water for you. So it's extremely convenient for travel. Yeah. Cool. Very convenient for travel. And... It's very swanky. Yeah, it is. L-A-R-Q. 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 Yes. Nice. How about you, Leah? Um, I'm drinking lemon ginger today. It has lemongrass. What else? Ginger root, (laughs) lemon peel, licorice root. And I think that was that was like the last ingredient in there. And it was from it's loose leaf tea because everyone knows that I love loose leaf and I have a little carrying little cool uh, carrying case for my loose leaf tea. And it's from Napoli Naturals Apothecary in the Mert Park. My boyfriend bought it for me. So yes, he did. He very sweet. Tea. Very, very sweet. And your bottle's dope too. Thank you. Too bad everyone can't really see this. We didn't do a video podcast this time. <laughs> Sorry, guys. But we'll maybe we'll take pictures so you can check but out her, these. Her bottle has like a, a seeping type of mechanism like mm-hmm. in it. So she puts her loose sleeves in the bottle and just fills it up with hot water. And then, yes, I do. Boom shakalaka, you got some tea. Yep, with a kick of ginger. Pow, pow. Pow, pow. (laughs) Boom shakalaka. Yes. But jumping in, we are super excited for the guests that we have today. Like very, very excited. Super duper excited. (laughs) So we have today Dr. Deanna Minnick who is a nutrition researcher, educator, and functional medicine trained clinician with a unique approach to nutrition that combines physiology and psychology. She has served on the Institute of Functional Medicine's Nutrition Advisory Board. Her academic background is in nutritional science. Dr. Minnick has over 20 years of experience working in both the food and dietary supplement industries, is the vice president of scientific affairs for Organic India, serves as an advisor for various food, academic, and health organizations, and has more than 40 published scientific articles and journals. So without further ado, Dr. Minnick. Hey, oh my gosh, you read the full bio. You know, I I wasn't sure what to take out because I, you know, like when someone has done so much, maybe 
you know, you're more proud of other things than not, but I wasn't like, I wasn't sure. So this is what was sent to me. So I wanted to do it justice. <laughs> oh, thank you. I just call myself a geek, right? <laughs> I like science. I like art. I like to put them together and uh, see what comes out of it. So that's how I kind of shortcut what I do. <laughs> and we love that. Definitely love that. The arts and sciences being together. I mean, I maybe I'm jumping right into my my questions jump, already. Jump, yes, please. Okay, colors. Like, can I please <laughs> ask you about colors? That was the first thing that that came to mind to me, where I was like, oh my god, someone's approaching health and wellness with a, a program and a code that really highlights colors and our sensory um, relationship to, to colors. So, can we talk about that a little? Yeah. Well, let me ask you guys what are, what's your favorite color right now? Like if there's just one color you had to surround yourself in, like maybe the light or the walls, what would it be? Like what color resonates for you? Green. Green's my favorite color. What kind of green? Can you? Can um, you yes, actually. I love forest green. Got so it. like a okay. deeper, kind of like a deeper green. Okay. And mine, I mean, I'm glad that you said right now because <laughs> normally it's either orange, purple, or blue. And... Right now, it is blue. I love, I, I would say... Okay, so you're blue. aqua blue right now. Aqua blue, okay. Yeah. Nice. Okay, well, that's usually my point of entry, where people are Ooh. with color, because color tells so much about what's going on for us, right? Like the colors that we gravitate towards or the colors that we move away from or we don't like, you know, that could tell mm -hmm. us something as well. And so I have a color-coded system of looking at these colors, which really comes from ancient traditions. You know, I kind of put my own spin on it a little bit, but it basically is coming from ancient East Indian yogic principles, right? So I'm not just taking this from psychology books or something. I'm actually just kind of taking that lineage and then adopting it for the modern day. So we can go through all the colors and kind oh of like, gosh. what they mean? Yes. yes. And then you can yes. find out about your green and blue and perhaps what might be at the surface for both of you. Oh, absolutely. Yes. We love this. Yes. Well, and you you guys both have, since you have the whole detox book, you actually have the roadmap to the colors. So I'm going to give you the high level view and let's talk about each one because each of them have their own personality, each of these colors. So the first one is red. We're just going to go in the rainbow order. Okay. Mm -hmm. We're just going to focus on seven. There are so many colors and there are colors within each of the individual colors. You know, there are multiple, multiple, but I just chose seven to represent the seven endocrine glands of the body. Mm. And through those endocrine glands, I'm looking at them in a very physical way, in a body way, as much as I'm looking at them in a psychological symbolic way. So I'm going to have some fun with both of you on the symbolic side as to what they mean. Yes. Sounds good. Red. <laughs> Let's dive in with red. Okay. You know, um, red is the color of the adrenals. It's stress response. It's a stop sign. It's an ambulance. It's a stoplight. It evokes a reaction. Red can be really healthy for that purpose, right? You know, we need red. Mm -hmm. If we didn't have red, we wouldn't come to a halt. We wouldn't have that connection with boundaries and safety and security. So red really has that feeling of our survival, our physical reality. It also can denote something very passionate, which might even venture over into anger, irritation, right? If you think about getting red with anger or feeling the flush, the heat within us, 
that might be inflammation. So mm-hmm. that could signal some kind of symptom. So red, even though it might feel a little bit in your face and like too much, mm-hmm. it can be very helpful for guiding us. You know, red right. foods are good for the immune system and good for helping to dampen inflammation. Mm-hmm. And people that are drawn to red typically are action people. You know, have you ever heard that quote about like, wear your red power suit to an interview? Mm. You know, I don't know if people still do that these days, but you know, it's like red means take me seriously. I'm here to show up and get something done. Yeah. I want this job. <laughs> you know, That whatever. makes a lot of sense actually. Cause red was my favorite color in college. Like everything in my room was red. I like <laughs> every, yeah, I loved red in college. And that makes a lot of sense because I felt like I definitely had something to prove when I was there. Mm. Track yes. team, but also just academically. I'm also glad that you're saying that there's, it's necessary for safety and for boundaries because the immediate association with just like stop, halt, is that something's wrong, wrong. or or bad? And there is a such thing as healthy boundaries and like knowing when to stop, knowing when to quit. So I, I, I love that. I need yeah. to eat more red foods. If I had to choose a red food, I would choose cherries. And cherries are so good for reducing inflammation. They also contain melatonin, which is helpful in insomnia and just kind of to align the endocrine mm-hmm. system. You probably have heard about tart cherry juice for people with gout or any kind of like, you know, uric acid crystals build up and, So yeah, red, um, and thank goodness that our bodies respond in terms of like the heat response with inflammation, right? To let us know that something's off. Like if we have a fever or we stub our toe and we feel that throbbing, you know, I feel like even though it's not pleasant, just like you said, (laughs) Aaliyah, it's like, it's signaling to us that something's Something's going on and we have to pay attention. Right. 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 Just a, a short story about red, you know, I, um, I had this evolving relationship with the colors and red was never a color I felt comfortable with. So I wanted to explore that. And this might sound kind of crazy, but I actually had a date with the color red. I set up my canvas in my room. It was a Saturday night. My husband and I weren't going anywhere. So I just thought I'm going to connect with red for like two hours. I'm just going to paint red on the canvas, no particular shape. I'm just going to see where red takes me. And I even wore red. Everything was red. I had red lipstick. I wore red clothing, red underwear. It's like the whole thing. I wanted to be like immersed in red. (laughs) And as I was going through painting, initially, I felt the fear of red. I felt like that urgency feeling as I was painting. And then red started to change for me. It started to become warm, inviting. It was like blood. And it was like, oh, yeah, my ancestors, DNA lineage, you know, kind of the, the color of red where, it, you know, it, it's not just like the, uh, the emerging urgent red, but the burgundy, the brownish red, it's kind of like the earthy color. And it really connected me into a very warm place where I was like family. Wow. That's what that is for me. Right. It's and family is all about, they've got your back, you know, in, in the true, you know, kind of the higher level sense, right. right? We right. would think like, Hey, boundaries you've got a last name you have an identity you you belong to a certain community right that's just who you are so I don't know I kind of had a shift with red and I don't fear it in the same way I I feel like it's a friend it's looking out for me that's so interesting because you have red hair don't you (laughs) 
everybody do, right? Um, <laughs> that's why I asked you, like, what colors you connect with, because sometimes the colors we wear can also be telling something about what we feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Or it can provoke certain feelings to come out if we're wearing things like that red power suit, as an example. Right, right. I think I'm going to be Love wearing this. red lips tomorrow. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, w- I want to date with red, too. <laughs> I may I have red glasses, but I, I do, do want to. Yeah. I do. I want more red. I rarely wear red now because, it, to me, it's like a very standout color. And I almost don't want to be seen sometimes. <laughs> like, it's a standout color. Like, mm-hmm. if, like, red cars get pulled over more, you know, on the freeway. Like, there's a statistic that red cars get pulled over more. You know, well, and you can use it to your advantage. Like Aliyah was just saying, I think I'm going to wear red lipstick. You know, I mean, you can use it to your advantage. Like, if you do want more attention to mm-hmm, certain things, mm-hmm. put it in red. Right. But if you don't want attention, I would say to veer away from mm-hmm. that bright. You know, maybe we start talking about green because green would be just different, very different energy than the warming colors. Because that one, that one, if I'm looking at the the systems, it's love the thymus and the heart yes yes so green is the color of healing it is um, associated with the the heart and the thymus like you mentioned and the heart is actually an endocrine gland so it produces hormones it responds to hormones it's um it's a very interesting place in the in the this part of the body in the upper chest right so when we think of green we think of the word expansion Whereas red is survival, green is expansion. And you Mm. think about the heart. What do you want? You want the heart, those blood vessels to be open wide. You don't want high blood pressure and tight blood vessels. You don't want constriction. You don't want heart attack. And so this area, the upper area of the body, the green of a tree expanding out like, like leaves, the circulatory system. And a lot of the nutrients that help the heart are vasodilators or blood vessel openers. Things like we look at vitamin K, which is found in green leafy veggies and vitamin K helps in the clotting process. It helps to keep clotting normal and in balance. Folates are another one, right? And so when we like or connect to green, either we may come from a very loving heartfelt place We may also need more love in our lives. So that might be the calling card for like, if you're wearing green, it may be a way to create more nurturing, more self-care, more self-healing, acceptance, compassion for self. And when I think of the heart, I also think of the part of the body that responds to giving and receiving expansion. So this goes out into the hands, the arms, the fingers, And if you think of when you hold hands with somebody, there's a connection, there's an expansion. When you give somebody a hug, you know, these are all very heartfelt. And so we can connect to our heart through that green energy, like even going out and walk. You mentioned, Chloe, a forest Mm -hmm. specifically, (laughs) right? You know, there's actually science on forest bathing. So in Japan, there's a principle, uh, a practice called Shirin-yoku which means forest bathing. People go out and they actually walk in the forest for this sense of reducing heart stress, having better nervous system balance, feeling in the zone. So whenever you want calmness, so when you want to upregulate and ramp things up, bring red in 
as medicine, you know, red objects, red clothing, red lipstick, whatever it is, if you want cooling down, healing, green, that's why a lot of healthy type of products are found in green packaging. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because there's an association already that people have just intuitively with the color green. Right. Green equals health, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, it feels like, you know, the earth, mother, something nurturing, like motherly. And if we think of the heart, you know, it's close to the breast, it's close to the lungs, it's like life giving, it's nurturing, it's like, it embraces you. And, you know, so many people, if we look at what they really, you know, if we look at fear or love, right, the fear response of the adrenals versus the love response of the heart, right? And that's why we went from red to green, <laughs> kind of like how they work together, mm -hmm. right? And so kind of that dynamic tension of the two. I remember distinctly when I made the switch from like my favorite color is red to my favorite color is green. It was a time when like my life was very stressful and and I wasn't taking care of myself at all. Everyone came before me, especially as a coach. I had this mindset of like, I always have to serve my clients before I serve myself. Mm -hmm. And it was very much doing me a disservice. I just remember like needing like nature and like needing to be out. So I would like go on hikes by myself and just like be just in that environment and it would calm me down so quickly. I get it. I mean, actually, you just gave such a beautiful example of that transition, how there are certain times of our lives that we feel more stressed and goal oriented and we need that red or whatever that that the energy of getting something done. But that needs to be balanced with self-care and having compassion for ourselves. So it's, you're so um, self-aware of the fact that you could actually see when you had certain inclinations and how you gravitated to certain colors or certain experiences. So we get into yours, uh, which is aquamarine. <laughs> and okay. the way that that color is arrived at, if you take the green of the heart and the indigo of the brain and you blended those colors together, you know, kind of like what's in the middle of those that aquamarine, sometimes it's referred to as turquoise. Mm -hmm. So the, the overall, I, mean, I didn't talk about the elements so far, but I feel like it's appropriate here. So here we have, um, in ancient traditions, we have the throat chakra. So this is the place of, I would say for women, we have a lower birth canal, right? And then we have an upper birth canal. The throat to me, metaphorically, is like the birth canal of the heart. The, the throat births our dreams, our wishes, our passions into verbal form to manifest into the world in some way. And I'm speaking a little bit more like psychological here. From a more medical or physical perspective, this is an amazingly dense place of lots of activity. What do we have? We've got swallowing and chewing and we've got the teeth, we've got mm -hmm. the jaw, we've got the tongue, we've got the nose belongs to this part. We've got the larynx, the pharynx, where we breathe in and what we um, bring food into, like eventually the esophagus. Right. So there's so much activity. And so the lesson here, the word for aquamarine is integration integration. And that's what the thyroid does. The thyroid is about metabolism. It integrates all of the chemical messengers, if you will, at a very high level 
to synchronize metabolism. So we have a lot of integration here. So when, when would this area be out of balance? Number one, when we're too quiet, we're not saying, we're not speaking up yeah. when we really need yeah. to be speaking up or we're talking too much and we're just making a lot of noise. We're just, blah, 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 blah. we're just listening to ourselves talk and just kind of going on and on. It could be like both extremes. So lots of sensory stuff here and paying attention to that and allowing stuff to come out from the heart and stuff to come in, whether through food or how we are processing and integrating. So how does that, does that feel true for you in any way? Yeah, I think the, probably the speaking up piece, because I'm naturally more introverted. I've been embracing that, but vocalizing that more lately now. I just how I was raised and my upbringing was to be in very performative type of positions. And so for me, I think it was a, a persona that I would put on. I was a dancer and then I was singing. I cannot sing, so <laughs> I can't sing at all. But it was more so <laughs> to just get me comfortable with public speaking. And so by default, because I'm capable of doing those things, a lot of people misunderstood me as wanting to host and do certain things and be a part of everything. And I'm actually the opposite of that. I'm more comfortable with more intimate settings, the less amount of people, the better. For me, it's just I actually do feel things very deeply, but my ability to express it and my um, opportunities to express it, I usually kind of sat with it traditionally. And now I'm in a space now of finding a balance, like you're saying, integrating a balance of being more vocal with my emotions or being more vocal about how I actually feel about things. That's beautiful. And you're bringing up another concept of this particular center, which is being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. So if we are portraying ourselves in the world in a way that's not authentic with who we really are, that's where this center really is like, uh, you know, people could have dental issues, like uh, eating um, types of issues, you know, there could be all kinds of things that might symbolically occur to denote that we might have some imbalance. Being true to ourselves is the, the highest calling of that particular area, being authentic, embracing our uniqueness. And for some reason, and this is just like a an anecdote, but I've noticed that more women have an imbalance here in that aquamarine center than I've noticed men having that. So I, I don't know what you ladies think about that specifically. I mean, but that doesn't I, shock me at all. <laughs> that doesn't shock why, me. Why do you say that? That doesn't what, shock what do me not one tiny little bit. <laughs> the word like societal norms is very heavily overused right now <laughs> in the present day. But, you know, I think that we are conditioned to not speak up when there's an issue or when we do have something to say or we're silenced very quickly that like when I was younger I had some like family conflicts my parents separated at a young age and I never expressed my emotions about the situation my mom had breast cancer I never really dealt with that so so many things were just pent up in me and I was notorious for getting sinus infections for getting tonsillitis and I finally realized, actually from reading your book, like this massive epiphany for me that, wow, I was getting all of these sicknesses. I realized that it's because I never said what was on my mind. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's 
again, you're so good at connecting the dots. I think if more people could do that, right, like look at the root cause of why we have certain symptoms, like what happens to us and read it in many languages, Mm -hmm. the language of more the physical realm, and then the language of more the emotional realm, the language of more the mental realm, we would get different translations of perhaps what's going on for us. Mm -hmm. I love that that connection. I think that's what really hooked me. And I'm, I was so happy and excited when Chloe bought me this book because I am on a journey with, with my emotions currently and my, and my feelings. And I definitely disassociated them to me, or I was processing it as my physical health and my emotional health are separate. I didn't view them as intertwined, interconnected. I loved reading in your book, just the biochemical reactions that happen in your body, whether something physically is happening to you or whether it's a mere thought. You know, it's it's so good that we're, I think in the process of healing, we come back to our wholeness. And disease symptoms, it's a way that things have been fragmented or splintered. Do you have like a specific example of how, let's say, a physical stimulus or something is physically happening to someone that triggers some biochemical reaction in their body that is the exact same as like a thought or an emotion that somebody may have. Yeah. So let's take, um, there are actually studies on this. Let's take a scary movie, like a horror movie. Okay. Right. Uh, or let's even take like, you have a bad dream, you have a nightmare, you're not experiencing it. It's all a figment of the mind and even your sleeping mind Yet you can still run the same sympathetic nervous system wiring. You're still producing cortisol. The heart rate goes up. You can get heart palpitations, um, you know, and and you're not physically engaging, right? This is just in the mind. The power of the mind is so immense that scientific studies had to incorporate the placebo effect, Mm. right? That's why we hear double blind placebo controlled trial is like one of the the highest benchmarks of a scientific study because the power of the mind is so strong that it had to be accommodated in studies so that people were thinking they have an active, but they don't. Mm -hmm. Right. So that they were, (laughs) so you're actually in all these studies, you're controlling for the power of the mind by having a placebo controlled arm that just shows you how powerful. And then there's not only a placebo where people think they're getting a benefit, There's also the nocebo effect where you could think that, oh, I got the the bad pill. This is doing me harm, even though it's not right. Think of how many times like people are on strict diets, like they're trying to avoid gluten or dairy. They go to a restaurant and then they're like, oh, my gosh, I've been glutened. I bet I had gluten. (laughs) Whether or not they had gluten. And then they get so stressed about that. And then they cause maybe... (laughs) You guys are laughing like I'm laughing because that's literally me. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You're you're calling me out. (laughs) Well, it's just another example of how um, we can think ourselves into that panic Mm -hmm. or into that adrenal response without actually maybe there was no gluten in that meal. Now, you had also asked about an actual physical response. Well, what if there was gluten? You didn't know it. And maybe your response is that the gut gets inflamed and you feel irritated, irritable. You have some changes in bowel pattern. You know, there can also be a physical response for certain people. Sure. But we can really work our minds up 
to the point that it becomes a lot of background noise and it could make things even worse than they just are by themselves, right? Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. I pulled my back out a number of years ago and I was in such a stressful state thinking about it nonstop. To me, it was getting worse. And, you know, my pain level went from like a seven to an eight to a nine to a 10. And, you know, I couldn't I could hardly get out of bed. And I have this amazing chiropractor, Dr. Craig Liebenson. I'm going to shout him out because he's oh, of course, you know, I know him. him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he's one of my mentors he's a i mean you know he's phenomenal and he he really taught me about like the power of the mind and how you know the more you think about your injury the worse it will get i went from you know this like long-winded injury to it went away in like a day <laughs> after i changed my thought process I want everybody to hear this podcast because I think just even hearing what you just relayed is, can you imagine all the people in chronic pain, right? They have chronic right. pain syndromes, they're on painkillers, they're on constant aspirin. I, there, there is something in this for them to listen to in terms of um, deep breathing. I also, like you, I had a back injury just this past year and I remember getting stressed out. I'm like, I'm in the health field. How can I like right. not have a, a working body part? Exactly. What's wrong? I didn't even have an injury. Come on. So then I remember like you, I was escalating my own pain, right? And then I was like, what if I never escape this? What if it's always going to be with me? Then I started breathing deep and I got into this more meditative state. And just like you said, it was like, I didn't feel like I could overcome it. Right. And you're right. I mean, it's just like the less we give it attention, exactly, the more we focus on healing. And I, I feel, I don't know if this is true, but I intuit this, that the moment that we choose to heal, that process is set in motion. Like our body mm -hmm. is for us, not against us. Yes. Exactly. So it knows say, what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah, knows exactly it knows what, what to do. do. It might take a little time. Yeah. You know, we just need to practice patience. And I always feel that there's a lesson in everything. We're learning and growing. Yep. Like, even if it's a difficult person, it's like, okay, what am I learning here? I'm obviously getting irritated. <laughs> what is it about myself? What What do I need to, like, take that back into myself and take a look at, hmm. right? It's an opportunity. Just like pain is an opportunity for us to grow. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Did something happen in your life that you can point to that led to writing the book? Or was it kind of just like a culmination of, of time and years and things and then you wrote it? Yes and yes. I mean, <laughs> I think it was the culmination, but there were some specific triggering events. And one of them was I struggled a lot with my reproductive system. I had um, a blocked fallopian tube on the left side. I had endometriosis, had a lot of gut issues, and I wrestled with this. And then I began to explore. From a young age, I had been doing yoga. So I knew about more of the Eastern way of thinking about things. So I started to get acupuncture. I started to get massage. I started to get a bit more experimental. And one of the things that woke me up was art. You know, mm -hmm. I got uh, like, you, you're both really creative. I could tell. And one of the things symbolically about me being a woman was that I wasn't allowing my feminine self, my creative self to come through. You know, I was a scientist. So, you know, you got, you had to be kind of like on your game. You had to defend yourself. 
I mean, that's why they even called it a thesis defense, mm. you know, or um, you go to do your dis PhD d- dissertation and it's like this panel of judges before wow. you and you've got to defend. So it's like the energy of science for me was always very combative and I didn't feel very creative and expansive. I feel that my reproductive system showed me what was going on. And so as I started to paint and I let out a lot of those emotions that I couldn't express, I healed, you know, ultimately I healed. And I can't say it was the heart, the art, the art was part of that process for Mm -hmm. sure. It allowed me to get out what I couldn't verbalize. It's just like you were saying, Aaliyah, like sometimes like we have these uh, feelings, but we can't, it's like, how do we actually put them into words? Do they need to go into words? Do they even belong in words? Maybe they can go into color. So I started to wake up to color and I use colors to express my emotions. And I began seeing people as colors. Like as each of you were saying your color, I was already like feeling into you. I was like, she's going to say green. And I knew you were going to say blue, Aaliyah. I didn't know. (laughs) And I could see, I was almost like sensing like you were going through all the colors of blue in your mind. Like I was, yeah, I was, I was was like, which shade, which shade of blue is it? (laughs) So it's like, I feel people. And often um, if I feel something very strongly about somebody, like they've really affected my life. um, I paint them. I paint them as colors and I've did um, various canvases to people throughout my life. Not, not so many, but you know, some people I felt them so much that that, feeling had come through me as their colors. And I, I would paint those colors on a canvas and then give them the canvas. That's so beautiful. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Creativity is what's missing in healing, Mm -hmm. being creative about our thinking, being creative about our feeling and how we're getting those feelings out there. You know, emotions are energy and motion. And I was letting them get too stuck in me. Right. Yes. Right. I really admire and appreciate the integration, using your word, of just science and creativity and the importance of both of them and what they serve. I think creativity is so important and should be respected for what it does bring to the table. So I I admire and I love that you merge that together in what you do, your practice, this book for that matter. I'm going to probably read this in multiple multiple stages of my life that's what i'm saying it like it's it's a book that i'm gonna have for the rest of my lifetime right. for sure i agree um, i completely agree that blows me away i mean i i had not anticipated that you would have read whole detox <laughs> as you have you know just on the heels of this call right before i signed in i got an email from somebody who said that they wanted to create a retreat center based on whole detox oh wow they wanted to take people oh, through wow. these programs and we're gonna I have mean. a call and That's, see how that goes. Wouldn't that be great? Sign me yes. Up. I mean, we'll attend. <laughs> we will attend <laughs> trials, anything. We will be there. That sounds incredible. Yes. Yes. Well, it I hasn't definitely. happened. Uh, wow. Again, just got an email with interest um, from wow. a health provider. And so I was like, wouldn't that, I mean, I, I can't do everything on my own. I need help to kind of like bring this message out. Right. And yeah. so I've trained practitioners in this process. I'd love for people to like take it and run with it and help others because that's why it's there. I just was the vessel that got it in, but basically it's there. Well, I have a question then. Do you have some sort of curriculum to teach practitioners like me, for example? (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I do. And that's how I've trained these practitioners. I haven't actually run a training in a couple of years because I've been busy with a number of things, but I do have a long list now of people who I think we have a critical mass of people to get a training going again. But yes, ultimately that's the goal. And I've trained a few hundred practitioners in this already. So I'd like to continue to over my lifetime to do that so that people have the tools that they need and can do this with other people. Wow. Well, you know, Chloe will, Chloe will be there. (laughs) We'll be in touch. (laughs) (laughs) Expect an email from me. (laughs) This was such a great, such a great gift. And I think blessing to my life, which is why we were so excited about having this podcast and having you on here just to graze and for everyone listening, graze the surface of what's actually (laughs) in this book. There's seven systems you have to buy the whole detox. It's an amazing book. It's life changing. And again, that's why we're so excited to yeah, have you Yeah, we touched here. on three of the systems. Yeah, just three. Three of the colors, really. We didn't even really mention the systems. Right. Um, I mean, there's so, there's so much to unpack right. in this book. Right. Which is why you got to get the book. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I do want to quickly touch on the fact that you name them systems rather than chakras. And I don't know if you did this intentionally, but this is how I kind of received it. I know that like Eastern medicine is very taboo. It's a very, you know, like not many people believe in chakras. Not many people know about chakras. You nailed it. Uh, When I'm talking with yoginis, I talk about chakras. When I'm in a science audience, I call them systems. And also in part because I'm not being 100% true to the chakra system. Mm. I've altered it somewhat. Mm -hmm. So I've actually been criticized about that. Like, oh, you you changed the chakras. And I said, no, I'm they are systems. And these this is what I've observed working with people and just what I've seen in the science. So I want to be true to what I have seen. And I don't want to call them what they're not actually right. right. They've been a little bit changed. So but I do talk chakras when I'm with the the yoga crowd. for sure. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, yeah. Unfortunately, our time is up. I'm I so know. sad. I know. <laughs> we had so much to talk about. We do. So, so much to talk about. This has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Continua Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about our Continua experience or have any questions based on the topic of this episode, DM us on Instagram at the Continua. Journey with us. <laughs>